Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. What's up, everybody? It's a little bit after 2 o'clock. Blaine is getting some much-needed R&R for fall break. So, I mean, we have, you know, our defensive captain, Blaine Bishop, uh, former All-Pro safety. Why don't we bring in our, our special special teams captain here? Mark Mariani hanging out for today. Had a great first hour. We coached up Kyle Phillips. I feel like he's going to be fantastic for the rest of the season after the pep talk from you. But uh, going to talk a whole bunch more Titans football with Mark. But always fantastic to have you. Love being in the bullpen. You know I'm always ready. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready, man. When I get that call, I'm ready to rock. I'm here for you. That's what Lucas Panzeca says. He stays ready so he doesn't have to get ready. (laughs) So Lucas is getting ready to do his his, uh, update. And I said, we were talking about... It's funny, when the Titans don't play, it kind of limits some of our our headline-type stuff. This guy's not playing. Vrabel says this guy's out. But not only is there a huge game that we had Mark Heim on yesterday from AL.com, and he said this week just feels different because it really feels like Tennessee has a chance and that everybody connected with Tennessee really feels like they've got a chance. Uh, And this guy's been a reporter for quite a while covering the league, but there are some big injuries hanging over this. I mean, it, it, Bryce Young, who we don't know, but in listening to everything that I can consume from Alabama way, it's like, hey, man, that that dude is that dude's going to play. So it seems like that for Bryce Young, Lucas. It does kind of make you wonder, though. Um, there's a report from WBIR. I, I don't know if I've seen anybody else report it. They're saying um, it's the one place that I can find. They're saying Cedric Tillman will not play until later. Not this week. And they, I believe, were all over the initial reporting on Cedric Tillman saying that he was very doubtful to play the Florida game. I want to say that was WBIR that initially had that. Uh, so, And no update from Hype. His update was no, no update. He's not going to. And nor should he. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he should not. These There's guys, no reason. There's, these guys are playing a major media chess game. Right Saban had his quarterback like, come out in full uniform yeah, oh last week. Gosh. They announced him as the starter <laughs> yeah, they, in the yeah, stadium. That was amazing. <laughs> There's no reason for Nick Saban to tell us whether or not Bryce Young is starting. Make Tennessee prepare for Bryce Young and Jalen Milrow and maybe Ty Simpson. I don't know. But it makes it interesting to talk about this game because you don't know how to frame it because you don't know if Bryce Young is playing or not. We don't know whether or not Cedric Tillman's playing. We think we might know, but we don't know. So you have to have like two separate conversations. Okay, let's talk about this game if Young plays and he's 100%. Let's talk about this game if Young plays and he's 60-70%. Right. Let's talk about this game if Young does not play and it's Jalen Milrow or maybe Ty Simpson, the freshman out of Martin. So you can talk about this game in a bunch of different ways. And I guess it's good for us, but I, we don't know. We're probably not going to know until kickoff on Saturday. I think for the Tennessee Vols, it is going to be one of the biggest keys for me when I look at this. Again, I'm a bandwagon guy, and I'm looking at this as a SEC bandwagon and a, and a Vols bandwagon. I'm looking at macro, right? I'm looking at big picture. The Tennessee Vols have to have a confidence and a mindset Going into the game, once the game's kicked, once you get hit in the mouth a little bit, because this is the top dog. Alabama is 
are, are the, you know, top dog. They're, they are the bullies. They're the intimidators. They want you to, you know, as, and they've earned it. And, and they go into every single game, okay, for the last 10 years with a target on their back. Every time Alabama walks into your stadium, that's your team's big game, okay? So from the Vols' perspective, I think their mind has to be right. They got to be mentally tough. They can't flinch regardless of who, of who plays because I think obviously leading up, you're going to have a lot of confidence. You're going to have a lot of swagger coming out of the tunnel. But what happens when you get hit in the mouth, right? Mike Tyson. Everybody's got a plan until you get hit in the mouth. <laughs> Here's what Tennessee needs to do. Don't flinch. You're not going to run them off the field like you did LSU. But you need to keep that confidence up. If it doesn't go right the first drive, if you turn over, if you get down by seven, the problem is there's a little guy in the back of your hammy, in the back of your head. He hangs out right over your brainstem. You got to make him minuscule. Once that big guy starts, once that guy starts talking to you, once Alabama, once that bully starts talking to you, then you're then you're in trouble. You got to have the mindset. You got to go into the game with it, and you got to stay confident. And you got to stay. If they can stay. Keep the confidence, keep the swagger, and don't flinch and play 60 minutes. I think they got the Jimmys and Joes to get this thing done. But Alabama can intimidate you off the field if you're not careful. That's what I'll be looking for is once the, once the haymakers start flying, if you can take a punch and keep on rolling, and, and the Vols need to be ready for that, I think. So that was the conversation going into Florida, too, just as far as a mental hurdle. Right, One win over Florida in the last 16 years. One win since 2004. It's probably helpful that Josh Heupel's demeanor, when you listen to him talk about opponents on game week, you have no idea if he's talking about Alabama or if he's talking about UT Martin, who they play next week. <laughs> it's been very consistent, which I think has helped this team. But that was a part of the conversation going into Florida, just the history, the recent history of the Tennessee-Florida rivalry and the lack of success Tennessee has had in it. Florida nowhere close to the football team that Alabama is. We know that. That can be left unsaid. But Florida jumped out to a 10-0 lead in that game. Mm -hmm. uh, Tennessee did get punched in the mouth early in that game. They got punched in the mouth early in the pit game. On the road, 10 to nothing early. They played awful. That's the worst game their offense has played all season. They were inconsistent. I mean, Hendon Hooker's accuracy, drops, you name it. Uh, and they were able to just kind of stick with it and, and just find a way to escape Pittsburgh with a win. They were able to stick with it against Florida and ultimately were the better team in that game. You're right, this is a different animal. But I do think there's something to be said for the demeanor of Josh Heupel when he talks because I, it, it doesn't change, Mickey. It doesn't change one iota from the lead-up to the Ball State game in Week 1 and the lead-up to the Alabama game. Uh, going into this weekend, so I think that I think that has helped this team just as far as whatever mental hurdle, hurdles we try to make up in our minds that we think that they have had or have this season. Josh Eiffel was a winner at the college level. I mean, a, a winner at the highest of level uh, for sure, and he carries that. And he's you don't he's not Cliff Kingsbury like you don't see this guy and go hey, look at this guy. Nothing intimidating about him when you hear him when you see him. But he does carry a confidence with him. Here's the other thing. And and Mark said this, and of course Mark played at the highest level, talking about Jimmy's and Joe's. Somehow this Vols roster is a good roster. And some of the guys are left over from, you know, two coaching administrations ago. Not much, but the ones that stuck around are playing and contributing. You know, you the offensive line has been a real nice surprise. Mm -hmm. The defensive front gets after everybody. Ask LSU about the Vols' defensive mm -hmm. front. The funniest thing about all this is, is the NFL is full of Alabama receivers, 
And all the talk in Alabama is, gosh, if the receivers are only better. And the talk amongst Vol fans is, gosh, if only the secondary was better. That might be where the game gets won. Something's got to give. Those two question marks against each other. Well, they're going to give up chunk plays against Alabama. I mean, that's just going to happen no matter who plays quarterback. Uh, Tennessee secondary, what they've done a good job of, because you're right, there's massive deficiencies. It's one of the worst secondaries in the league. Warren Burrell out for the season. Uh, He was probably their most experienced corner. He's done for the year. But they were able, and they gave up yards against LSU in the passing game. I mean, there were several third down moments where Tennessee had LSU right where they wanted them and big chunk yardage play and they moved the chains uh, because Christian Charles, who's been playing corner for like less than eight months, you know, had trouble covering, uh, you know, Malik neighbors of LSU. Uh, but it's how they masked those deficiencies against LSU with that front. Five sacks, held them to 55 rush yards. So they've done a really good job of covering up the issues, defensively at least, with how aggressive they are with Tim Banks. He talked about it right when he got hired. we got to play offense on defense. And they've done that. They've done that. So they ran out of gas a little bit last year, and they were just getting worked by the end of the season. But uh, this front has given Tennessee fans a lot more to cheer about defensively uh, than it did last season. With that said, Florida put up how many yards of offense? Uh, 453 passing yards. By Anthony Richardson, when we went into that game, we were wondering if he could throw for 100, and he put up 450 on him. And Tennessee had to score 38 to get out of there with a win. So we'll see what happens. I think that's another source of Hypel's confidence, though, is he knows they can score 38. Now, can you score 38 against Bama? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, <laughs> well, I don't know, but against Florida, hey, we can score 38 if that's what it takes. And if I'm a Vol fan, I'm at least excited about that. They can roll in anywhere, and they have some kind of an advantage most of the time with that offense. Now, how will it work against Bama this week? It's going to be fascinating. Well, you watch it, and all the talk is about Tennessee's offense, and it's all about you know these plays per minute and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, on the flip side of that coin, what happens if, if you don't, you know, take you watch it, watch it carefully is you leave your defense in a, in vulnerable situations. You leave your defense in, you know, like you're saying, you get gassed. You don't want to be going three and out when you're running three plays per minute. Once your defense just got a big stop for you and then they got to go back and take the field. But this year, especially when you compare it to last year, I feel like this defense should be getting more, especially this D line should be getting talked about. You know, just as much as this offense, because they are dominating the line of scrimmage. They're getting after quarterbacks. I think, I think the I think the key is stopping this running back, um, um, Jameer Gibbs. I think I think Bryce he Young leads them in rushing well, and receiving. Well, yeah, whether Bryce Young plays or not, I think this the focus of this defense need to be stopping him and stopping his big plays, especially if he doesn't play. And now they're really one dimensional. But it seems like he is the key to this engine. It seems like he's the oil that greases this thing. Yes. And, and and that I think that plays into a Vols that that matches up better with the Vols tragedy because our D line can help handle that. And like you said, Lucas, mask some of the secondary issues they have. But this Vols defense, man, I think they deserve a lot of kudos for where we're at because. They get left on an island sometimes, and all the talk and all the highlight is is with the offensive side of the ball, but they've been playing lights out, and and one of the reasons that this matchup is as big as it is. This is a huge game for Tennessee's linebackers against Jameer Gibbs. That dude is by far the most talented singular player they've played on offense all year. It's not remotely close. So it's about turning, you know, preventing 18-yard pickups from turning into 50-yard pickups with Jameer Gibbs. Like, they're not going to stop him the way that, I'll give him credit, they stopped John Emery. 
uh, LSU. Running back, another former five-star talent. I was worried going into that game, LSU, that they haven't been able to push the ball downfield consistently this year. How much are they going to continue to utilize running backs, tight ends, uh, on dump-offs, in the flat, and make Tennessee's linebackers chase those guys down? That had no impact in that game for LSU on offense. Tennessee completely cut that off with what they did up front. So we'll see what happens. It's an, it's an improving Alabama offensive line that had a rough start to the season, but there's no question. Jameer Gibbs is going to hurt them. He can line up in the backfield, in the slot, on the outside. He's their most the most talented player on the field for Alabama is Jameer Gibbs, in my opinion. Again, leads them in rushing and receiving. Yeah. Pretty crazy To stuff. think his talents were being wasted at Georgia Tech the last oh two years gosh. is abysmal. <laughs> Hey, man, Saban, okay, transfer portal, okay. I'm just going to get Jameer Gibbs, okay. I'm just going to do it yeah. better than you. Like, think Alvin hey, Kamara. Yeah. That's, okay. That's who he reminds you of. I don't like hurry up offense, but okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get Bryce Young. Okay, whatever it takes. Uh, he's like the alligator that learned how to, like, open the gate. Though <laughs> <laughs> he's just evolving before our eyes. Nice. But uh, Josh Heupel and his crew, they got a chance to uh, slow down that evolution on Saturday. All right, we come back. Malika's on the line. Malika Hold. She's got a question for Mark Mariani. I have a question for Mark Mariani. Let's talk about the Titans offense and some of the things we've seen with that. Maybe some Titans receivers. Let's get into some X's and O's with the man they call Moonshine next on Blade and Mickey. Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Guys, not everything is 40 chess. Why can't we just laugh? Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Playing to Mickey 104.5 The Zone, hanging out with Mark Mariani. Lucas is in studio, Action Jackson producing. You want to talk to us, 615-737-1045. We'll get you in on the Mark's Payne Real Estate Hotline. We'll talk some Titans. Got into some really good balls discussion in the first segment. By the way, game day and SEC game day. Like, all of the game days will be there. There's just teeming with game days. Uh, let's take some phone calls here. Malika checking in. Malika, it's been too long since I've heard from you. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. How are you guys? Fantastic. I just like to give other people a chance because I guess being kind always, you know, it it's just good. Well, you call anytime. We always love hearing from you. What do you got for us Thank today? You. Well, it is a two-part quick question. My first part, Mark, is it's not that um, easy being a football player mentally. I mean, there's so many people expecting a lot from you. So what do you what do you do mentally to uh, prepare? And my second question is, um, what uh, part, like, what part, what uh, part is the easiest of being a football player and the hardest? And also, what grade would you give the current Titans um, team? Because it's been a change. I mean, Brown's gone. It's who we have to work with is basically Woods and uh, Westbrook Akine and. Um, you know, Burks, if he's healthy. So I'm just I'm just wanting to know it's not, you know, what grade would you give them and what could they do to maybe 
be better. It's it's been like we we barely win these games. A win is a win, but still it's you you want to do better. So I'd like to hear your opinion. Thanks, guys. Love listening. Tighten up. Let's Thank win you. next week. Oh, I love it. Thank you, Malika. Huge Titans. Malika, you're the best. Thank you for calling. And you know, I think to your first question. You have to you have to figure out a you have to figure out a game plan. You can't always be a yes man. You can't always give the time that it that that you know everybody wants some. You get pulled in a lot of different directions. But it, when it's time to focus and prepare and, and get ready, you, you got to be able to turn it off. Um, but I also think on the flip side of that, uh, being an NFL player, being being a professional athlete, there's there's some responsibility that comes with that to the community to to the people around you. So you got to find that balance. But it's you know especially during the season. If your crew, if your if your cronies that are around you aren't giving you the time that you need to prepare, and you're not, you don't have what you need as the resources around you, then you need to change it up. But game time, you know, football season, you lock in and you focus, and all that other noise is for the off season. So, uh, and then it's to t- Tennessee Titans, man. A win is a win. I had a whole football coach used to tell me. Winning's hard, losing's easy. Just go, just go across the hall to that locker room and ask those guys um, after a nice beat down. But I love old coach saying the old coach. Yes. But you know what, man? Winning's hard. It, so, so being three and two is a good feeling. You know, being three feet away, a big Randy kick away from beating the Giants, being four and one, uh, is is you know, there's a lot of optimism. But I, but I see, you know, I, I don't know how many more body blows that we can absorb, right? I mean, we go, we go into the season losing Harold, big loss. Now Taylor's out, body blow, body blow, body blow. Um, we're, again, we're setting pace for using the most players. Um, 64 per John Glennon in yeah, five games. In five games. And all of our stats, I don't know if you saw Jim, Jim Wyatt's article. It's a great article about comparing the 3-2 and two 2001 team to the 3-2 and two 2002 team. All of our stats... Are, are down um you know as far as the receiver receiver room goes they they have you know w- when aj brown leaves and and we decide we're gonna go trade and and which i think was the right move don't get me wrong but Traylon has a lot of expectations on his shoulders yeah. robert woods comes in nick westbrook akine is has been a consistent guy who can win but you know i think i think when you when you're in a room like that when you got to spread it around when you don't have that go-to guy what you got to do is you got to look around and say everybody has to step it up now. Is it is it going to be this guy that's going to have to carry all this load? No, we got this load to carry, and how are we going to do that? We're going to disperse it to everybody. Kyle Phillips, come on, baby, you're going to be our third down guy. Like I said earlier, you know, Robert Woods can run every route in the tree. You know, he's going to be your consistent. And Nick Westbrook-Akine seems like he's consistent and goes and gets it when his number's called. I can't wait to see Racy McMath on his football field. I saw him during, you know, Cardinals week and during Bucks week this year. This dude, just you wait, Titans fans. We got one coming. Now, he's got to get healthy, uh, but you're talking about 6'3 and can run about a 4'3'8", 220. I love, what he, I love his potential. To me, it's through the roof. But do I, do, would I grade them out high? No, I don't, think they get, I, think, I don't think there's a high grade right now. I think it's middle, middle, of, the, middle of the pack, and I think – you know, I'm not going to call anyone out specifically, but I think as a receiver room, you got to look around and say everybody has to do more. What can we do? Because, and I don't think that's just the receiver room. I think that's the offensive line room, the tight end room. I think the tight end production has fallen off dramatically since Delaney left. We got to figure that out. Well, I, I, if you ask me any sure bets, Mickey's moneymakers before the season, yeah, 
I told Blaine, I said it on the air. I think Austin Hooper's going to catch 65, 7 yard passes. He's caught like eight. I know. Seven, Chig, whatever it is. Chig is through the roof potential. We got to get this dude the ball. His physical comp in the draft was Johnny Smith. I, well, yeah. See, we let him go too. But see, I, 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 to me, it's hard to point fingers. I, I see a lot of holes, and I'm not trying to be. Debbie Downer. I, I, if anybody knows me, I'm 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 a homer, man. I'm a Titans homer. They're gonna get my bed every single week. But I see some holes that we need to fill quickly, and you don't do that with one guy. You don't do that by trading and getting one piece. You do that by spreading that load around, and everybody has to step up. And and so, you know, I don't think anybody knows that more than Robert Woods. He's a KG vet. He's been around forever. He's a Super Bowl champion. This guy is a beast, but. I think our room's got it. We got to make plays. We got to make plays because right now we are playing with fire. The Titans are playing with fire. Now, I'll tell you this. I love what we've been able to do in the first quarter of football games. Yep. When we can play out in front, you're a different football team. Then, to, then on the again, to look at devil's advocate, the flip side of that is you're always playing from behind, praying that we can make a play in the fourth quarter to come back and beat somebody You know that we did a bunch last year. Mm-hmm. Instead, now we're playing with the lead, and our defense is being able to put, shut the door on people, which is a much more fun place to be. But, you know, coming out of this bye week, we got to get healthy, and we got to get back to it. But everybody needs to step up in that locker room because we got, what, 12 more games, man. We got And we got a rough stress. But here's the thing. We're in the AFC South. Go win the AFC South, and then we'll figure out how the playoffs, you know, Line up. It has been amazing, and 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 again, Mark Miriani sitting in for Blaine today. People just hear like, "Oh, scripted plays, scripted plays." I had somebody called me the other day. A friend of mine is like, "Just tell them script all the plays." Well, I mean, it's it's not that that simple as that, but it has been amazing to see them. There was a graphic that sort of made the rounds last week that they had the highest rated offense in the first half of games and the lowest rated offense in the second half of games. I think now what they have. uh Two touchdowns, this two touchdowns, fourteen points. I think that they've scored the entirety of second half. They haven't yeah. scored it all in the fourth quarter. It's brutal in any of the five games. And so Blaine and I were talking about this, not uh, this, the game last week, but the week before. So they run Derrick Henry right for three yards, and then they immediately get a penalty, or Tannehill gets sacked. It, and it's they went. They had a seventy-five yard drive in the second half last week. They had one seventy-five yard drive, and I hope I, I hope I've got this. They had one seventy-five yard drive. On the other four drives that they didn't score, they ran sixteen plays for yeah. a total of minus yeah. one yard. I saw you tweet that. that On was- four non-scoring drives, they ran sixteen plays for a total of minus one yards. In the second half, they've scored seven zero 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 and seven points. And like I said, in their previous game, they punted on four, a five-second half drive, 16 plays for minus one yards. And it was a comedy of errors. It was a really deep sack where no one got blocked. It was uh, penalty. A, a dropped pass by Robert dropped Woods caught him last week where they ran a quick – they actually ran some quick game. Like, hey, Tannehill's getting just destroyed. Let's just go bang, 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 throw it like the Steelers did for the last five years of Roethlisberger's career. Just like bang, 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 get rid of it, get rid of it. And and Robert Woods, who's a fantastic pro, he did drop that ball, hit him right in the hand. Yep. So it's been a, it's been a mix of everything. Yep. So people just think, okay, Mark played because I thought Mark played. I'm going to ask him. I sent his message last night. What's wrong with the Titans in the second half? It's been a lot of everything. It's been a lot of everything, and and we got to figure it out. I mean, listen, think the, the comparison I'll make is 
a prevent defense. When you're up and you're trying to you're trying to stop somebody from scoring, you run a prevent defense. You soft and and you and you and let somebody march down the field, and then all of a sudden they just be, won the game, right? Well, maybe we're in the lead and we get a little and we get a little you know not aggressive. We get a little passive with our player. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I think we got to stay aggressive. I mean, we come out of the second half and it looks. It's been looking like a completely different football team, and I don't understand that. I mean, Derrick Henry needs to be running downhill. He cannot be running side to side. Yeah, I I, I say this every week on my little show on or to, when I hop on on Fridays. I'm so sick of seeing. Think about it. there's 22 men on the field, right? 11 and 11. When you're snapping the ball from the center of the field, I don't know what our I don't know what our deal is with compressing these formations and putting 20 guys in between the hashes, okay? 20 guys. I would love to see a run game. That's 11 personnel. Spread those guys to the sidelines. There's two ways you can stretch a defense, width and and vertically, right? You can stretch Mm -hmm. them width-wise and you can stretch them vertically. Spread these guys out. I wouldn't like to see – Derrick Henry's a beast, right? 250, 6'4". He's got all the things. But he's not Jerome Bettis. And he's not, he's not, you know, Brandon Jacobs from the Giants, right? We need to scheme him up like he's, you know, Jamal Charles or like he's like, like, like he's, uh, um, you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, where get him in the open field. Mm-hmm. Get him in the open field. He does his damage in the open field. He's not running through the A gap, running over people, you know, and, and, and that's not his game. Get this guy in the open field. They're doing a great job of mixing him in the pass game. But man, when we come out in the second half and run just a gap, a gap, outside zone gets blown up four yards in the backfield. I'm just like, why are we compressing these splits? And this is just an opinion, but I'm like, spread these defense out, get a lighter package on the field on defense. And if you want to leave a linebacker out there against 11 personnel, that's where my boy with the quick feet, Kyle Phillips, needs to come out and break somebody off. And th- and that that and then now you're putting the ball in their court. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, I just look, I look at it like. I you look at Derrick Henry. He's there is there are two guys that have blown me away size wise that I've seen in the NFL. Him him and Cam Newton. Okay, those guys are both specimen. They're just you just look at them and like you're gross. But that doesn't mean you can just put twenty guys in between the hashes and just give him the ball and everything's going to be good. It doesn't work like that. Spread him out. Get him one on one with a safety. Let's see who. Get him one on one with anybody, and let's see what happens. So, but we don't anybody. We, there used to be a saying when I was a kick returner, right? It's you run to daylight or you run to mud, right? Mm-hmm. And you, if the holes are all mud. Wasn't mud, Chris Henry run to darkness? Do you remember Run to him? darkness. Yeah. Run to, <laughs> yeah, run to darkness, run to daylight. Here's the thing. Sorry, Chris Henry. Here's the deal. All my boy Derrick Henry's seeing is mud right now. Yeah. We're not getting any daylight. And, and it's cool to him to, to do, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust three times, and hopefully we can pick it up on fourth and one. That's fine. But let's get this dude some daylight. Spread them out. Spread them out. Let's get these guys on the move. Now you got to arm tackle this dude. Best of luck to you trying to de- arm tackle Derrick Henry. What is – and people, if you watch the Titans every week, you know exactly what Mark is talking about. So instead of having guys split out outside the numbers, the entire formation will be compressed. Even the two wideouts on either side will both be within X number of yards to the – is that done to try to have more people to block on a zone type play, or or is that just a philosophy where you let guys work from the inside out? 
What's the philosophy? I'm certain that there's a reason, okay. right? I'm certain Todd Downey has a hat on a hat, and, and I'm certain that um, if he was sitting here across from us, that we would get an answer to why, what, you know, his thing, his thought. I'm sure he wants to get Derek in the open field. <laughs> I'm sure he it keeps him up at <laughs> night. Mean, his job depends I mean, on it. Not, I mean, yeah, literally, his right. livelihood depends right. on it. So yes. I'm sure, I'm certain he's not, like, saying, oh, this is good, what's happening. But, but I, I would love to ask him that because... Because there is a philosophy, and I think if you can get, if you can break contain in that setting, right? Mm -hmm. If all the guys are in the hash, and then you break contain, that's one thing. But then you can't run a gap, and by by compressing those receivers, compressing those tight ends, running out of big formation sets like twenty two personnel, twenty one personnel, that's having an extra fullback on the field or an extra uh, tight end. What you're doing is you're bringing another safety, another tackler into the box. You're bringing another linebacker onto the field. That's another tackler. Get out of here with that! <laughs> I want to see eleven personnel. Bring a nickel. Bring a bring a you know uh, um, uh, a Roger McCreary type body. Mm-hmm. You know, even though he's a beast, that's a bad example because like he's a tackler too. You know, maybe when it's once uh, Elijah Molden gets back, that type. Of, but bring that guy on the field and let's let's let him go one on one. You know, let's let's mix it up a little bit. And that's my frustration is watching these negative runs, uh, the, these runs of you know one or no yards. And and especially for some reason in the second half, mm-hmm. I just it's a very different feeling when we come out of the locker room this year. Um, and, and do I I don't have the answer, but I think that that would help. I think getting getting Derek a little bit of daylight is uh, would be a medicine everyone would be willing to take right now. So um, and then the receivers, everybody's got to step up and make a play and execute and penalties and um, there you go, twelve in a row, <laughs> just like that. Well- Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. That was, that was some breaking down right there. We got phone calls that want to join the discussion. Rob in Nashville up next on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Mark, say hello to uh, Rob. Say hello to Mark Mariani. Hey, how you doing today? Hey, w- Rob, what's shaking? All right, I got a quick question. Uh, well, I guess I'm going to ask you or anybody out there. Now, <clears throat> every year, um, everyone is always saying the tie is always you know, got a lot of people that's on the injury report. And this is like at the beginning before the season even starts. Now, is that because you think maybe that they are not being conditioned well enough? I mean, because it's, I mean, if you got all these people and it's, and this been going on for two years, I mean, what good is it when it's time to play the game and then they're always you know, not absent. 
Appreciate I mean, the- it. I don't know. That's it. I appreciate the phone call, Rob. Thank you. I, I can almost assure you there's some internal scouting going on there because um, I agree with you. And I think a lot of teams are fighting it. We seem to be fighting it a lot more. Uh, soft tissue injuries with the new mandatory schedule with the NFL and NFLPA, there's a lot less we're doing on the field. There's a lot less, you know, one less precinct game and, and a lot less time under tension, a lot less. So then the soft tissue injuries. Hardly any padded practices. That's and right. It was all, and for people to go, why? Well, it was collectively bargained. That's right. The players and the owners, the players said we want to be on the field less in pads. And, and so all, all that is bargained. That's all agreed upon. And And it's not. I'm not taking this out. I'm saying there's pros and cons. And one of the cons are that your muscles don't fire. I mean, there's a different in game speed. As, as a receiver, I'll give you an example. Like when you're running a full speed route 60 times in a game or, or 40 times in a game, it's hard to emulate that during a practice that you're only on the field for an hour and 25 minutes and right. you, whatever. So then you get out there and you, and you, and you exhaust some muscle. Anyway, p- pros and cons to that. But I think there's definitely some internal scouting going on on why is this happening to us? What can we do to 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 help that moving forward? But I'll tell you this: I gotta give I gotta give Rave some some kudos because you cannot plug and play on the offensive or defensive side of the ball. You cannot pu- plug and play guys like this and have success unless you have an established identity and established culture. Mm-hmm. Guys come into this locker room. There's no question what the culture is. There's no question what the identity is. There's not. There's no question who who's racing into the battle with the flag and that's Vrabes. Mm-hmm. And he has he has made it that way so that a defensive guy comes. I'm not I'm not questioning that. I know what the culture is around here. That's why I can plug in. Sure, I gotta figure out my X's and O's and get the calls and all that. But Vrabes has done an insane job of guys walking in the door, you know what the attitude is. You know what we're doing when we take the field and that's inflicting pain on other guys and we're gonna play that way on both sides of the ball and they fit right in. So I mean, he, he's done a great job. That's why we are able to continue to run guys through, uh, you know, 67 so far playing on Sundays. But I'm telling you, it's, we're playing with fire. We're playing with fire. This bye week came too early for us to be doing that for 12 more games. Phone lines are lighting up. Let's talk, uh, let's talk to a couple more people before we got to go. We got one more segment left with Mark Mariani, former Tennessee Titan and Chicago Bay receiver in return. Man, one more segment with him coming up. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Jackson with the Beach Boys. Is my mother-in-law in the room in there? That's her favorite band. Uh, my mother-in-law won't be at the hockey game, but you could be. Hockey is back, Smashville. Are you ready? Be caller five now for your chance to win tickets. Oh, is this tonight? Tonight, Bridgestone Arena. See the Preds take on uh, the Dallas Stars once again tonight. Don't miss out on the five home games scheduled during the month of October. Caller five now, 615-737-1045. Ooh, that's going to be fun. Get on that phone. All right, we're going to take these calls, but you got something you want to bring up? Oh, what's that? Oh, what is that? Oh, no, who didn't turn the... Oh, you know what that is? That's the alarm, baby. Tennessee Vols. Oh! Hey, you know what time it is? There's all talk leading up to the big game, but when it comes to the final 48, we are inside the final 48, okay, baby. Okay. Let's go. It is time to lock in, strap in, finish your preparation, finish your last <laughs> film study, and start getting your woosah, baby. It is the final 48, baby. The alarm clock has sounded, and it is almost it is almost game. We are inside it. It is 2.37 kickoff on Saturday afternoon, and we are inside the final 48. Lock in, Vols! Let's go! You heard it, Vols. 
Let's take a couple of these phone calls. People are locked in. Joe in Nashville, locked in, wants to uh, squeeze in a quick phone call on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. What's up, Joe? Joe, you there, buddy? Joe, hey, yeah, we're we're getting you. You're just cutting in and out. Maybe we got you. What's going on? I just based on what Mark had saying, uh, I have two plays that they that I think run, which is I think they're a quick shotgun with uh, with Jerry uh, Kennedy uh, on the side and just as soon as the ball, just pass them to the left side. There's an open space right there. And then uh, Malik Willis would do like a little package with him and do like a uh, a little flip a flip out to uh, to Derrick Henry on that on the little option play. Oh, Joe wants him. Sorry, Joe, we're having a hard time hearing you, man. Joe, Joe wants the rookie quarterback in there to run a package. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the deal. As we as we said earlier, I think Todd Downing uh, probably spends spends a lot of time, you know, figure trying to figure out ways to get. Derrick Henry, some some daylight. So, but I agree with you, man. That's all we need. It's, it seems easy. Just get him in the open field. That's 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 easy. Just figure it out, man. What's the? It was Coach Mack or Blaine or both of them said this last week. I was telling you this during the break. Their thing is, he needs four steps. Find a way to get him four steps. If he can get four steps, then he's running full speed. This is a giant superhuman. Then running full speed in the open field. And as you said. And we were talking the break. You said, really, I, I was trying to say Eddie George is, is the guy. Like, you hand Eddie George the, the ball, and it doesn't matter how many people are on the line of scrimmage. He, he can bang into people. Now, go back and watch how fast Eddie was, too. Like, in yeah. the beginning, he could run over you or around you, and he could outrun you. You know, ask the Colts in the playoffs on the Super Bowl run. He outran the whole team and watched them running behind him on the Jumbotron as he ran. What an absolute savage. Boy, well, he was a savage. And I agree with the four steps analysis but i and i also think it comes just comes to the open field daylight it's it, we're all saying the same thing and to me it's not about getting up to speed I, I think he can hit it what i think it is is his vision he needs to see where guys are coming at him from you know he needs to see who he's trying to make miss and who he's going to throw that nasty stiff arm at and, and 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 you know he needs to see where that contain is and who he needs to beat when it's so muddy it's just hard for him to get a feel for where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. When, like what we talked about during the break, his vision is on the whole. He's looking at the, this whole field, but he's got 20 guys he's trying to sort out. And then he's got these little nip, n- you know, nipping safeties that come and take his legs out and he doesn't see it. It's just, it's hard. I, and I just think we need to scheme him up like a light footed, you know, back that, that needs space instead of a big bruiser, which, cause I think he's more of a finesse guy. I heard a guy on NFL network and I, I'll try to find it. Comparing him to Eric Dickerson, okay? Eric Dickerson was one of the smoothest runners. He wasn't running over anybody. Mm-mm. I mean, he he could, but he was smooth and shifty. You never got a you never got a square hit on Eric Dickerson. He was, was the knock on him was that he was so tall and he ran straight up was that someone was going to hurt him and 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 no one ever did. He played like thirteen. Years. You don't get a square shot on him because he's just smooth and fly. he looked like he was in slow motion. Mm-hmm. That's Derek. He is the same way. You ne- he he needs. Space and he needs to be able to flow in and out of those cuts and, and I just think getting him that space is going to benefit us uh, well. But I, I know Downing knows that it's just trying to get that done is a little bit probably easier said than done. Uh, just a minute or, or so left. Mark Miriani doing a great job hanging out for Blaine today. Trade deadline is coming up. Uh, a lot of Titans fans want D- DJ Moore from the Panthers. 
Uh, his cap number would mean anything this year, but it'd be like 20 and then 16 and then 16. And um, the cap number, it, you can figure that out. It's going to go up because they're literally printing money. It's a billion-dollar industry. I'm more worried about Tannehill's health and well-being. If yeah. I was going to trade for anybody, honestly, I might try to find somebody just to go out there and try to help the offensive line. We we need help up front. I mean, losing losing Taylor was about as bad of a blow as we could get. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, besides a, a Derrick Henry loss or something like that. You know, after we lose Harold to lose lose Taylor. You know, none of this stuff to me is going to work unless you can block it. And so we could get receiver help. That'd be great. But I'm with you, Mickey. We need to see some old line. And let's get the ball to Chig, man. He is such a savage. We need some tight end production. So offensive line, I would go to first if I could pick up a a, a BA um, free agent or, or trade for somebody. We need help up front big time. Time for us to go. 3HL is coming up next. Mark, fantastic stuff. Thank you for hanging out today. Appreciate you, man. Thank yes, you sir. for leaving me in the bullpen, man. <laughs> I didn't get cut yet. Let's and, go. And as Blaine and I say, in the meantime, in between time, peace. Peace. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't like in a company, and I don't know like how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah, and like Jay Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah, yeah. To that, remind me not to quote any hip hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. When you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen.